I'll share briefly from Romans 1. We've been walking through the readings, and this particular passage stood out to me this week. And uh, Paul makes his declaration. He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Inherent in that statement is uh, the idea that not everybody's going to get this. You know, when you say, I'm not ashamed of this, it says there are some who would scorn your particular belief or your embracing of this. And yet he says, this is important to me. This is crucial because it's the power of God unto salvation. He says, this is how we receive God. This is how we are embraced by him. Um, when we're walking through the Old Testament, there's a lot of laws, aren't there? You know, we just came through Leviticus, if you're following the readings. And, and uh, you know, they, they are told <laughs> how to eat, what to eat, you know, what not to eat for sure. And, uh, you know, you, you start to walk through all of that, and you're going, oh, man, that's a lot of rules that I'm kind of grateful that we don't necessarily have right now. But all that said... When they were dealing with their sin, how did they do it? Did they do it by the keeping of the, the rules, or was it the sacrificial system? And we'd have to say it was the sacrifices, right? Particularly the, the Day of Atonement, when they would, once a year, they would have this high and holy day where a sacrifice would be made. And so right along with this law and this understanding of rules, so to speak, that God had laid down for them, is this awareness that for peace, there was a sacrifice that was going to be taking place. And so when it comes to the person of Jesus Christ, and he's the fulfillment of the law, but he's, he's beyond that. He is our sacrifice. It comes to this very crucial point where we have to say, I believe this. I believe this is how I get peace with God. I take by faith that this is sufficient for me to step into relationship with him and maintain relationship. And, and so in that, there is, there's this tension of going, is it about being good? Well, that would be more of that law side of things, wouldn't it? Keeping the rules? And we'd have to say, no, that's, that, that can't get it done. And what we, what we have to acknowledge with this is that, and Paul tracks this all through the book, but what he's going is, in the, in the first four chapters in particular, he's going after this thing of all of us fail whatever rules or codes that we hold, and how are we going to get back into God's favor if we just, we don't even have the ability to keep the rules that we know. And we have a tendency to release even the truth that we have. And so there's this tension, and the story of Scripture is that God took care of the issues. What we couldn't do on our own and what we can't maintain on our own, we say that God in his kindness sent his son for us and sacrificed him for us so that essentially what we couldn't accomplish and what we couldn't get to, he took care of for us. And the only way that we're going to be truly embracing of that or at peace with that is as if we 
accept that by faith or if we believe that that's our access to God. Now, it seems kind of crazy that that's all it takes, but that's the starting place. And that's how we get rolling in Him. The challenge I find is that I'm very prone to get back into behavior and back into a lost system. If it tracks that I want to be obedient to God because of his great work and because of his favor that he's shown to me, that works. But if I'm trying to earn my way back in or make peace with him because I know that I really haven't been living up to what I want to this week, so I'm going to try harder, there's something very twisted with that. It's kind of stepping away from this, the righteous will live by faith. You know, he takes a quote out of Habakkuk and says, this is the key to how we embrace our faith. That we embrace that my belief is enough to bring peace with God. My acceptance of his sacrifice is enough for me to step into relationship with him, to have my sins washed away, similar to what we were looking at with baptism. I, uh, you, know, you grapple with that, and you're going, how, how, how did that all work? Yet it does. And there's something inside of each of us that understands that. Now, he goes on in this first chapter, and I want to link it to this portion even though he is developing a much broader case than what we're going to get into today. But he says, you know, the wrath of God is revealed against all unrighteousness and ungodliness. He says, God's not happy with sin. And that's been the case from the Garden of Eden on, right? Sin brought that separation. And when we mentioned Noah, you know, God's going... I'm not going to put up with this forever. He shortens their days. You know, they're not living as long. And then he's, I'm going to wipe this out and start fresh. And so there's this awareness all through Scripture that God isn't pleased with sin. And it, it does bring a separation. But the only way back is through Christ. But he says, you know, it's, it's plain to humanity who God is. It can be understood. What he's done through creation and what he's done even in speaking to our lives, there's an awareness that each person holds of God and the power of him. But he says, he goes on to say, because they didn't choose to honor him or give thanks, their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. So he's going, there is a crucial aspect of this, of respecting God, that if we fail to do that, then it's like we lose the little that we had. I, uh, I used to sit in church services and, and somebody would be rah-rahing, <laughs> let's give thanks. I go, well, that works for you, but I... You know, ah, okay. You know, and, and yet there is this aspect of recognizing the goodness of God and making declaration of that and allowing our hearts to be thankful and verbalizing it that is crucial to our relationship with him. 
And so one of the things that, you know, when we look at this passage and we say they didn't honor him and they didn't give him thanks, and so their thinking got cloudy and twisted. And there's something inside of me that says, I need to be alert and ready to declare the goodness of God and honor him when I see his hand in things. I've got to be ready to make statement, thank you, Lord. Or, or whatever, however that comes out. I'm grateful to God for this. Thank you, Lord, for intervening on this. Thank you for your, your care over my life. Thank you for the health that I have. Thank you, you know, for the position I'm in. Thank you for the friends that I have. Thank you. You know, it goes on and on and on, right? But if I fail to allow that to be a part of my thinking, there is a distinct potential of even what I have just kind of drifting away in, the, in a loss of even the understanding that I hold. It's like, when you're looking for things, you find them. When I was a kid, agates were my thing. And, and I'd be pulling them out of the road and, and wherever I walked because I, I was alert to agates. I was looking. And, and, of course, my folks thought I was nuts. And then my wife eventually made me give away that metal box that we'd been carrying for years, you know, 50 pounds of rocks that you never look at except a, oh, I yeah, it was, it was the right thing to do. It still stings. But uh, <laughs> when we're looking for things, we end up finding them. And the encouragement I'd bring to you this morning is be looking for the hand of God. Be looking for his, the display of his wonder. You know, when you're outside at night and you get away from the lights in town and, and suddenly you just have this amazing moment where you're looking at the stars and this thing is very big and awesome. The appropriate next step is say, God, you're, this is incredible what you've done. And I'd encourage you to make declaration. You know, the snow melts and things start turning green. It'll happen sometime this year. You know, and, and there's that awe with how the seasons change, and, and then it's, it's completely appropriate to start saying, God, you're amazing. What you've done is outstanding. And when you're looking at your friends around you whose lives are going forward, and you're remembering who they were, so to speak, or even at your own life, and, and there's things that you realize, that's in my past, that's my history, that isn't today. And it's a good thing. It's completely appropriate to start, thank you, Lord. Thank you for the transformation that you've brought in my heart, even though I didn't even think it was possible, and even though I don't know exactly when it took place, but... Something's different. And I no longer struggle with that like I used to. Or that's no longer a part of me. And it's completely appropriate to, to declare and give thanks. There's three times in this next passage where God says, or it says, God gave them up. He let them 
take after their lusts. He let them go after their own passions. He, he gave them up to a depraved mind. And, and what Paul's declaring is, if we fail to acknowledge God's hand in things, then even what we have, he, he releases us to go chase our own ways, but we lose the light that we have. And so this is a critical issue, you know, to, to look at it and say, I don't want to lose the gems of truth that he's given me. I want to appreciate them for what they are. And in the doing of that, we're handed more. When I first started driving and buying cars, um, I used to cobble, you know, I'd, I'd do enough body work that I could get it down the road. Now I get to kick holes in my own cars, but, you know, I used to buy cars with holes in them and, you know, patch them up enough to get on. And, and invariably, the engines weren't that much better and I can remember one time at night driving down the road and and uh, alternator went out. Didn't know it at first. It just seemed like it was getting harder and harder to see the road. You know, because the lights were getting dimmer and dimmer and dimmer, and it wasn't all one belt in those days, but, you know, something had gone wrong. And, and you reach this point where you're going, it's not like it used to be. And it's, can I make it home? In the Lord, it's almost as if we refuse to acknowledge and embrace his handiwork and his hand in our lives. There is the, the very real possibility that the lights just get dimmer and dimmer and dimmer. And that you don't necessarily sense it each day but if we refuse the truth that he's given us, it just gets a little darker, a little darker, a little darker, until you one day go, I'm not even sure if God's around. Don't know if there is a God. Don't know if he is involved in my life. Don't know if he cares about me. You know, that's, that's a very real possibility, and you can watch that happening in lives. So I, I would encourage you, when you have these aha moments and you have this sense, God is speaking, treat that as a treasure. Take a hold of that thing and say, I want to honor you appropriately with this thing. There are times when he calls us to change and we're going, <laughs> you know, can we deal with this later? Like, never? You know, I, it means that I'd have to change the way I do things. And yet, it is a gem that he's just put in our hands. And if we'll treat it as such, it's going to open up a whole new avenue of life that we haven't seen. So much of that is with our interaction with others. You know, we're... God encourages you to say something gracious to someone that hasn't necessarily been gracious to you. And you go, nah. 
or he's asking you to do an act of kindness or service or give of yourself, and you're going, that's a lot of time. I don't know if that's, you know, that's in my best interest. Well, it's those crucial moments when you're being handed a jewel in the Lord, a, a truth jewel, so to speak. And, and, and it's your choice as to what you do with it. You're either going to set it aside and fail to appreciate it and lose it, or you're going to embrace it and say, this is truly amazing in the Lord. I don't see the full beauty and facet of it yet, but I know that he's given me something. And if I cherish it, it's going to shine in a way that I wouldn't have expected possible. So I just, you know, I, I encourage you. Others may not get it. It is still a very great and precious treasure that our salvation comes through Jesus Christ. And it is a precious treasure that he speaks truth to our lives. And we have the opportunity of taking that and allowing it to grow, so to speak, in our understanding. Let's not get caught up in the darkness. Thank you for your scripture that speaks life. We pray that you will bring this home to our hearts. Lord, if there are areas where we have been failing to acknowledge your hand or we have refused your voice, I would ask in this moment that you'd give us a second chance. I would ask that you'd speak that word again. If there's things that we've been ignoring that you've been speaking to our hearts about but we've just refused or let ourselves grow calloused, we pray for a tenderness to reassert itself. We thank you for this precious gift of salvation that you've given us. We thank you for the new life that you're planting in us. Amen. I want to pray for God's blessing upon you. What remains is open-ended worship. Um, if you've been, if you're aware that you've been walking into darkness and you need to get back pointed in the right direction, then I would ask that uh, you, you settle that before you leave here, okay? If, if it would help to have someone pray with you, it's easiest if you come forward. But just uh, find someone that you trust and pray with them. But let's take care of these things and let's treat as treasures what God has given us. May your blessing rest on these, your people. May they know the fullness of favor that you intend for their lives. And they discover with joy the dynamics of your salvation that continue both past, present, and future. Ask, Lord, as each one goes into the community that you'll give them words of life to speak over others. I ask that you'll enable them to carry out the workings of your kingdom. Gift them with the supernatural. Lord, do we thank you for our friends the Gideons and what they've done. We ask your blessing upon that ministry. We love you, Jesus. Amen.